1: Yes, yes, here we are. It is the X-Man Podcast. I am your host, Doc Coyle. Thank you so much for tuning into the program. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy kind of week for me. I meant to get this out a couple days ago, and I wasn't actually sure I was going to put it out. Uh, I have to give a couple caveats to this. Uh, <laughs> so if you read the title, this is called The Drunk Cast uh, with my main man, Buzz McGrath, uh, from unearth. So that means there was a lot of, uh, ins and outs. And when I recorded it, I was also going live on Instagram with, uh, Buzz as well. So there was a lot of kind of technical issues dealing with that. And then I have this new AKG mic. And for some reason, when you use Skype, it like Skype, like, uh, Compresses it it does some weird thing where it kind of jacks with the volume so if you listen to the beginning of the interview you'll notice that uh my vocal is distorting but luckily it doesn't last the whole conversation it's really only for the first honestly five to ten minutes so it's probably will be a little bit annoying and like i said i wasn't even sure if i was gonna release this because of the technical issues but but with drunk we were getting drunk on there and i was like I don't know how crazy this is or ridiculous or stupid, but I listened to it and I was like, okay, I think, I think you guys will enjoy it. Hopefully, you know, as the drunker, I get the, uh, I think I, I start cutting buzz off a little bit, start getting a little, you know, dot coil monologues. It's not really, uh, the most flattering thing in the world, but sometimes it's just fun to do something fun. Uh, I recorded it on, it was a Sunday and I was supposed to have two interviews that day. One of my interviews canceled and I was, you know, tweeting and, uh, you know, kind of putting on Facebook about I was looking for sponsors and Buzz hit me up. He's like, hey, you want to do it? And I was like, let's do it today. He said he was getting hammered. I was like, all right, let's just go for it. And that's what we did. And I think it's going to be a lot of I think it is fun. Gets a little weird. Not that it's funny because I brag about being professional and it's the least professional thing I've ever done. Uh, <laughs> but I want the show to be fun and spontaneous, you know, not just be, you know, rigorous interviews and all all, all the such. Um, there's not a show sponsored today, but I am going to play a song. There's a band called painted wives and they're a band on century media records. Probably a lot of people don't know them, which is unfortunate. I think they're one of the best bands kind of doing a rock metal thing. And, uh, John Birkland from bad wolves used to ma- manage them. And when he was managing them, he got them a record deal with century media and their first album, I'm forgetting the name of it off the top of my head, but it's amazing. And uh, but their new album is even better. And it's, uh, I'm going to play a track from that called Device.
0: Out here in the desert, on the dying wind, you come to find that you can ride the back of your sins into the afterlife. You sink
1: like a stone. And outer space is too much to take. When you're not device by the band painted wives and as I was listening to it I was actually looking for the release date and there doesn't seem to be one which may be related to the whole quarantine covid thing because it was I guess it was supposed to come out in March or maybe the single came out in March um so maybe there's a hold up but I have heard the whole album and it's incredible it's like the best album allison chains never made even though it's they're their own thing. But it, it just has a lot of that that vibe to it. They, they write great songs. Uh, my buddy Jay Rustin uh, mixed it. I think Steve Evitz might have worked on it as well. Might be talking out of my ass as well. But such a great band. Uh, that song and one more other song is streaming. And they're both great. So definitely check them out. And uh, before I get into the interview, just real quick, I should probably plug... Uh, Bad Wolves has a Patreon that we're doing. If you don't know anything about Patreon, essentially you it's like a subscription you pay, you know, x amount uh, per month and you get exclusive content and it's really great. You know, people are really really loving it. Essentially we've been doing putting out exclusive material, songs, cover songs, videos, live performances and doing like live Q&As and doing videos, just all kinds of stuff. Um, there's a couple different tiers, like a five dollar tier a month, ten dollar tier. There's you can buy exclusive merch from there, and uh, people are really, really loving it. Um, I know some people get a little annoyed because you know it's a paywall and all that stuff to get certain things, but unfortunately, you know at this time, you know we, we should be on tour right now, and you know this is just kind of the way bands have to figure out ways to to make a living, you know. Um, but you know the people that have been on it have really been enjoying it, so definitely check it out. It's a Patreon.com backslash badwolves, and uh, I think you might enjoy it. Okay, um, yeah, so this interview, like I said, hopefully you can get through it. I think it was fun, but I, I just got to give you a lot of, you know, preamble beforehand because, you know, it's not, I don't, I don't even know what my moment is, but it's the drunk cast with Buzz McGrath. You know, hold on, scene legend, Buzz McGrath. OK, that 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 has to be said. So please enjoy it. It's going to be fucking wild.
2: Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny. You're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians. Everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is the drunk cast. Alright. This motherfucker's you've been drinking all day, right? I've been drinking, fishing, just drinking, having a great time. Fishing, doing doing Caucasian activities. It's beautiful.
2: Yeah. Like fishing is definitely like a like a white guy thing to do, which is something I just got into a couple years ago because I'm like kinda like old enough now okay. that I'm like I like to relax and just fish. So here's what I got.
1: I got one of these jammies. Alright. Body things is good. I got one of these jammies. And he do not want to hate on the sleeves. My girlfriend made me a fucking serious margarita here. So you have you're literally you have three drinks in front of you. No, so the goal is, can I drink all this while we're on the show? I think you can. You know, you're an adult. So that's that's what we're gonna see. So so we're doing something right now I've never done where we're doing we're recording a podcast. But now we're also doing it live, so you guys will get to see the live podcast. And then you, go, if you're not, you know, if you're not on here, you'll just listen to it like a normal show. But what I purposefully did was I've not prepared for this. I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about, you know? Because I already okay. had we can rap. First the thing: I already had fucking Ken on the show, you know, and we did. You know, we talked about the history of the band and all that shit. I don't care about that. So I want to talk yeah. about fucking Buzz Living Wild. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're living on the edge of the world, right?
2: I am having a great time being me right now. I was uh, on a golf course about a week ago. I've been experimenting with LSD on the weekends with great results. And I just go walk around my neighborhood. I kind of live in, like, a kind of a farm area. Like, it's really quiet in, like, all this COVID shit. Like, nobody's out. You can go out and commit crime. And like nobody's gonna like nobody cares. Like I just walk around with a beer on the streets, and I steal golf carts. Look, if you know where I live, you know the you know the golf course that I'm talking about. I won't divulge that location. But it was a couple of weeks ago. I was on a golf course at three in the morning, driving a golf cart that I commandeered, and I was like, I am my favorite person to party with.
1: <laughs> anyway, so you were you were driving a golf cart. You were on peyote. You like smacked a fucking, uh, you know, a, a small person. What, what what was going on? What are you doing? All right, what's happening here? My like, I've my week
2: weekdays, I riff out all day. All day. I, I do. You know, I get because to riff out. Like for me, I riffs just don't come to me easily. I have to fight through all the bullshit, and then maybe I'll get some cool idea. Not easy. Like it sucks. It sucks. But are you I'm are terrible. you are that you writing? Me let me
1: ask you this: Are you writing for the purpose of like this is going to be on this record or something like that? That's. Or are you writing for like just to be creative? I'm writing for the next on Earth record, which is the problem. Okay.
2: So there was some sort of uh, Twitter throwdown that went down. Like somebody started this thing on Twitter. Was like. We we're gonna have a riff contest. Like nominate somebody, and Mark Morton was like, "I nominate Buzz to to be a part of this." Like, oh, cool! Like I'll I'll join this little contest thingy. And one of the rules is like it can't be tuned lower than drop D. Oh, and I was on that. I literally wrote I wrote seventeen riffs that day because it wasn't for my band. I wrote seventeen great riffs for this contest. I was like, "Why can't I be this prolific for the band that makes me money?"
1: Oh, I can. I can explain that. It's the same reason why I can't write fucking Bad Wolf solos, because it's like, what's, what's the deal? Um, I just think it's like that pressure. Like anytime, yeah, it's the same reason why you could play a part perfect at home, sitting down, and then you get in the studio, and it's like the red light. I mean, I get that even when I'm just recording red light myself. Panic. Like I can play it as long as the record button's not playing, I play it fine. And so the more, you know, and I I experienced this because I I had this period where I was like doing solos for other people, writing music. Like I wrote some stuff for, for Jamie Josta. I wrote some stuff for Body Count. I do some, and it's like when you're not invested in, not that you're like, obviously it's your output. So you want it to be good. But when you're just not like, all right, this is who I am. It represents me. You know, and I and I started to realize like how much, especially with like lead playing, especially for me, it's like it's so up here. And, it's about and you want to get
2: you want to get something fresh, like something that doesn't sound like something you already did before. And like for this little thing we did on Twitter, it was just a joke. I was so uh, prolific, like I never wrote. Also, it was in drop D, which sounds fucking sick. Like it sounds like a chainsaw You know what I mean Like Cause we're drop B That's or, what the instruments Were made for I know And it, that It just sounded so good That riffs just kept Coming and coming And then I would have A riff dialed in I was like okay And part of the The uh, the rules was like You can't have it pre-recorded You have to play it live You can have some drums So I made like a, a Cheesy drum beat To the riff that I thought of And As soon as I pressed Record on my phone My hands Literally fell apart it Took
1: me a 100- hundred fucking drive it's (laughs) so bad i mean i listen i think certain instruments though are just more difficult in the live setting like a lot of people probably don't realize this but a lot of their favorite like live albums by bands are cleaned up you know and, and believe it or not playing really technical thrash metal while like jumping off your guitar cabinet and fucking rocking out is actually kind of hard. to, It's hard to do one thing perfectly. And then also, and when you put it under a microscope, when you hear it, it's fucking like, Oh shit. That's yeah. what it's home. Like. Because they are two different things recording something yeah. and playing something live are two different things. If they're meant like you can't have the same expectation. Right. And this is why truth be told over the years, I've become less crazy on stage because I've cared more about how it sounds and that aspect of it. Um, yeah. You know, it's just been like, okay, I... You know, and also, I think it has something to do with doing different kinds of projects that require different feels. You know, like, not every band is... I need to fucking headbang till my fucking neck falls off. You know? Yeah, I think unearth is is... People come for the antics. So I think
2: our last record, me and Cam were like, let's write something a little bit easier, so we can still do that goofball shit that we do on stage. Yeah, that's part of your
1: you, your thing. You is- know,
2: you know, the swarm when you filled in for us, like that record was stupid hard to play. We yeah. we were in
1: way We've over. We we had one up. song, but yeah,
2: that one song was bullshit. <laughs> but whenever yeah, whenever we played it, dude, it's like you just we just had, you had to stand there because the, the riffs were so complicated. So next, oh. like you learn from your mistakes as you go, like what you don't want to do for the next record. So, like, with Extinction, we're like, like, let's make it a little bit easier, a bit more moshy. It's still kind of technical, because I get, that's the only way I write. But, like, it's kind of... The, the band's always been about, like, goofball shit on stage, and, like,
1: a breakdown. <laughs> it sounds like the new t-shirt. Goofball shit and a breakdown. <laughs> on stage and a breakdown, yeah. You know what, you guys? You, like, need. I, you know like, like some bands mine. have a mascot, you know, but it's, like, Eddie... Or it's like Vic and it's like some, you know, some skeleton. Like, y'all need just a regular-ass sports mascot, like a motherfucker. <laughs> <And>
0: <laughs> like like a Philly
1: puffy, Fanatic or something? Yeah, just like a, you know, like a dragon in like a puffy fucking, <laughs> you know, it looks like a cartoon character.
2: If the next record we do makes, gets us any popular we, and we have money to do that, we that's a great idea.
1: Uh, we got. We have a lot of comments that I haven't looked at at all. Should we look at some of the – if there are any, any questions or anything. Uh, drink Doc, only a few sips. All right. Cock Doyle is his real name. Buzz looks like a young government, Tommy government. Shaw. What about that? Who's Tommy Shaw? From Styx? Are you kidding me? Oh, Styx? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I've been listening to – I just drove ninety
2: miles an hour through farmlands listening to Neil Diamond Forever in Blue Jeans.
1: What are you like trying to show off? Jesus Christ, alright? I get it. I I know I know the song
2: Forever in Blue Jeans, but I haven't heard it in forever. And I put it on today and I was like, you know what, this song is really connecting with me today. And I played it probably twenty times in a row. Okay. At at speeds of like lose your license speeds. I'm i I'm a thrill seeker and I also like Neil Diamond.
1: Okay. That's all right. I'm not, listen, I, I, I'm saying nothing. All right. I'm just, I, I I'm not invested in Neil <laughs> Diamond. I don't know the catalog. Like what's it, what's it, what's a famous Neil Diamond song? Uh, there's Sweet Caroline. Okay. See, I think I'm, no, here's the thing. They play I'm, that every Red Sox game. With Sox. I'm getting Neil Diamond and Jimmy Buffett kind of mixed up in my head. So I, you know, I'm just, are they both yacht rock? or neither Neil Diamond no neither of them are yacht rock okay i don't yacht know yacht
2: rock is like late 70s early 80s shit you would hear in a dentist office soft as baby shit Neil Diamond kind of gets his toe in the yacht rock uh, pool a little bit but i was like i was on a yacht rock adventure and i kind of stumbled onto Neil Diamond i knew this songs but i never knew how good forever and blue jeans was okay i'm learning it's acoustic Listen to it when we're doing this. Just listen to to the guitar up. It's like it moves around so nicely. You're like, wow. When he does this to this, you're like, I'm so into this.
1: Okay. By the way, I thought you'd be way drunker. I'm very disappointed in you. All right.
2: I uh, I'm an adult and I know how to drink, so well, I can still handle myself.
1: I know, but you know,
2: recklessness. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to show up to like a podcast
1: and be stumbling around. I'm. I'm. I feel like I'm chatty. Yeah. I'm nope. For conversation, it feels good. No, no, well here's the thing, and that this is why I think you and I are, you know, you're one of the few people I feel like I can call randomly and not really have a map. We'll just figure it out where where, where, where yeah. it goes. Okay, so um you have an inexplicable mustache. Explain yourself.
2: Uh I'm growing this until the restaurants reopen. <laughs> do you want I to liberate it, Do you want it. to liberate America? Well, it was like, it was something to do, like, when everything got locked down, I was like, I just might, might as well grow a mustache. Yeah. I call it the COVID, I call it the COVID
1: catcher. The COVID catcher? You think this would make yeah. you more susceptible to the virus?
2: Yeah, because if somebody, like, coughs on me, it's going to just sit right in this fucking thing. Yeah. It was just kind of a fun thing to do, like, it's just... But now, <laughs> I feel like everyone Man. has, everyone has seen it. What's that? <laughs> it's like, oh, COVID. I feel like everyone has seen it now, like, I've been posting pictures and people are like, dude... Your mustache is ridiculous, I'm like, yeah, it's a joke like I'm i I don't really want to have a mustache okay it's not really me. I have
1: an important question but I'm gonna cut you off sorry, don't mean to cut you off go ahead, okay you okay, so there's some people right who are... you ever heard this phrase they'll say, hey man that guy he's like the nicest guy in metal right and you'll hear that about like Dave Ellison or like Nick from Asley dying like oh that's the nicest guy in metal True. Phil demo up there right you Although nice, I would describe as one of the funniest guys in metal. You're just funny. I will take, I will take that compliment. Thank you very much. So it's like it's like you, Corey from God forbid. Is it just a two person <laughs> list? Is that it? Is it just you and? <laughs> Yo, Corey is fucking hilarious though, for real. But who's who else is on the list? Who's who's just fun? Like me, I'm Dude, funny. I would, I would, you're you're great. I would put Ken Susie in there real quick too. Susie's funny. John Campbell's he, like, funny.
2: Campbell's funny. Like, Susie, he has a way of, like, making me as mad as I am laughing at him. Yeah. Like, to deal with him, like, on a, in a on a band level, like, you know, maybe you not you might not see eye to eye on some topics. And you are be like, fucking Ken is being a complete piece of shit today. And then, like, you'll see him, and he'll just drop a quick joke. And I'm like, I don't want to laugh at you because I'm so mad at you right now. But, like, it, it just takes over your body. Like, I'm laughing at this guy, even though I want to. Just, you ever want to be mad at somebody, but they just make you <laughs> laugh and you're like,
1: you know? Yeah, I mean, I think for myself, humor has always been like a defense mechanism, a an icebreaker, you know, to diffuse yep. tension, and also a coping mechanism, right? Like, I kind of um, process pain through humor. You know, it's like I can't yeah. really, like, deal with the thing at its essence. I have to create a buffer in bands, we all do that. Like, I'm going to say our,
2: all of our egos are probably a little bit fragile. You know, it's it's hard to be in a band. Like, you, like my ego, I'll say for me, my ego is very fragile. So I
1: deal with disappointment with you. But you don't, let me ask you this. As someone who describes themselves as having a fragile ego, do you take te- steps to fortify your ego so that it is less fragile cuz i've i felt felt that failure is the best cure for shitty ego. You know what i'm saying? Confronting one's own bullshit is the best recourse. Yep. It's um
2: it it, it comes down to you as in your band you probably played a show where like the band before you was super hot at the time. And they just kind of blew you off the stage. Oh,
1: I got like and ten. I've like fifteen stories like that. Yeah, and you're like, fuck. So like, get, I can you give we, me can you give me one or two of those? I, I don't
2: know. I, like a hundred bands did that to us. Like 100? you would take out that one band.
1: The, you know, you know what your 100. problem was? You stayed around long enough <laughs> for all the yeah. new new jacks with fucking twelve string guitars and fucking you know. Yep. Sick. Yeah, tracks you can see, long enough like there's some cool
2: ass bands coming up that like all the kids like and they're like right before you and you're like, Hey, remember us? Like, we remember that oncoming storm record? That was cool, right? You guys like that? <laughs> yeah, but no, not as much as this. <laughs> all
1: right. That's funny. It's listen, I have some, I have some like epic stories, and I've had people on the you know, even I think when we did Ozfest, you guys played before us. And yeah. that was like to me, that was like drawing on that tour, as far as, like, you know, fucking Russian roulette, that was, to me, like, the toughest one because I felt like you guys were just, I don't know, you were right on that, you know, precipice of, like, you were, what was I don't happening. Lie to you we were fucking blazing hot in 04. Yeah. I'm not
2: at all. that am best. Like, you get so hot for a minute, and then, like, when it's not like that again, like, a year later, you're like... Can't I can't deal with like how I feel about this. I thought this would last forever. You
1: know? Yeah. It's a it's a it's a very fascinating thing. So yeah. actually, while we're on this topic, you know, fragile egos, motherfuckers blowing us out. So I did three hours or two and a half hours on this show with my buddy Mike Montoya. I used to play in uh Winds of Plague, producer, good dude. We're talking about, you know, in the uh, Alex from Atreyu, like made some noise about saying that they invented metalcore. I think, you know, there's a little tongue-in-cheek or... Yeah. So, so who, who who did it, man? Who gets who gets the credit, man? You get uh, the credit? I get the credit. I personally think nope, it's like rock it was, and roll, uh, like where black people nope, invented it, like God forbid invented it, was, and then the whites, there was a band like, y'all came on and then took our shit. <laughs>
2: there was a band called Prayer for Cleansing
1: from North Carolina. Come on, man. That was like 96. They invented metalcore.
2: How, how? Yep. undying, undying prayer for cleansing before overcast.
1: Before overcast, it, it was after <laughs> overcast was yeah, a little exactly. early.
2: They were like, like they were on it, but it was just a little too early. Had they come out a few years later, maybe? I mean, my band, all the riffs of, of early on is stolen from Overcast. Every single riff. I actually listened to stings of conscience, or like our first polling. Last night, for some weird reason, I was like, let's put this on and see what this sounds like. And I, I was listening to it, and I was like, this is like wild songwriting. I wish I could be that free again, like that excited about music. It's ignorant. It was like, there was no, um, song structure didn't exist. It was just like riff to riff to riff. And, and I was like, yo, some of these riffs are fucking slamming. Here's what happened. Killswitch Engage came out. And they had fucking hits that were structured. Then everybody was like, "We got to make structured songs now."
1: I mean, I think that's a that's that, a big part of for it. For better, for better or worse, it
2: it was good. It was great. But looking back at that record that we made, that we were just like little, not little kids, we we're like twenty two, whatever. But like we were just on a tear. Like we just had everybody had riffs to stack on this song. You know, it was like, and it made no sense, but it
1: was fun. Listen, brother, I'm 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 with you, you know. I've I've always stated pretty much that um, the thing is for for me it, it it obviously was Alive or Just Breathing, but it was actually the demos that people don't know. Yeah. So Killswitch did these demos for Alive or Just Breathing. Breathing. They did three songs. It was the first track, Number Days, um, the title track, Alive or Just Breathing, and Fixation on the Darkness. It was a demo, and the production was almost. Pretty, you know, maybe about 10 15 percent of the album, and it was so god forbid, was coming off this album, Determination, and it was so devastating to our sense of self. It was like because we were never that happy with Determination to begin with, we were we always felt we were rushed. That you know, we were you know, in the I remember in the studio, we were first making the record, we were in there with Zeus and Eric Rachel, we were like putting up you know. In Flames, you know, like Clayman, and we're putting in, you know, Arch Enemy, you know, Wage of Sin, you know, these kind of records. Great records. Even though I, it probably wasn't Wage it was probably Colony, and like, I'm actually probably overstating, but it was, so we always felt like we were this metalcore band playing at being a metal band, right? That until you get yeah. that production, and back in the day before digital recording was cheap and, and superfluous... Getting the good production was actually something that stood you apart from, you know, and even and for you guys even having like being able to like have Killswitch explode have that amazing record and then have Adam D. Do your record was not Very only cool. Sonically did it give you an edge on Other bands, but it also was like kind of that little seal, seal of approval, you know, right? You know, we like
2: we didn't even really know like we didn't know how to do guitar harmonies when we did that record like we just had the riff, and he should like, have called. God
1: forbid, you man. We had I, could, I could get some harmonies. Oh, I give you some harmonies, call, baby. You got eight dollars? I give like, you some harmonies.
2: He didn't like. I didn't know. Like the riff was this. He's like Adam was like, "What if you moved the <laughs> second guitar up here and played the notes differently? Now it sounds like music." And I'm like, "Minds are blown." I was like, "I couldn't figure it out." Yo, you know he's
1: what's like, actually no joke? You know what's crazy about God forbid the chemistry between my brother is we could there's stuff. Like, I never knew what my brother was playing until he quit and I had to transcribe it. We literally never yeah. had to talk about it. would just like literally like I would play something and he would play something and it would just work musically like it was. And it was actually some of it. If you broke it down to actually what's happening, it's actually brilliant harmony and and uh, and song yeah. arrangement. But we never had to verbalize. What was happening? Dr was always very, very musical. I remember we, the first show we played with you guys was at Club Chrome,
2: and I was backstage with Poison was, the Well. I was like, I, I forget the show, but it was a Club Chrome By show. By the way, that's not really the first time we played together.
1: That's not I the think first. It was Club Chrome. No, it's not. The first time we played together okay. was we were playing a shot ass show at Fat Cats in Springfield, and okay. We were head for, for some reason. We would always play fat cats, and we would always headline, no matter what yeah. hot ass, good ass Massachusetts band was opening up for. So, but you, here's the thing: you God guys forbid,
2: always came off as a headliner. No, like, well, I you know. We looked like
1: a headliner. We killed it. No, we killed it there up until the time that <laughs> speaking of getting blown off stage, that we that Acacia Strain played before us, and that shit, it was over by 04, It was done. Right, get it. But anyway, get so it was like you guys opened up for us there then die for some reason we were playing after die cast we were playing after kill switch we were playing after all that rem- actually no i don't think we actually play after all our mains there but uh phil would always come and hang out and the, the the people from guys from the band and then um flatlined would always play with us and then oh that was our bass player slow's old band i know that was my, that was my point because it was mike nah. from all that Mains was in flatlined yep um was genie in flatlined I don't think so. I don't know. But anyway, everyone like scalped, uh, Flatline for all their band members to be to create the yeah. new wave of American heavy metal. Thank you, flatlined. <laughs> yeah, they contributed a lot of of good people. But uh, we
2: were at Club Chrome one time, and I remember I walked backstage, and I saw you guys sitting there. I'm like, "Yo, these are some fucking thugs." Like Byron was there. I was like, I was nervous. Thugs. Oh, Very guys early guys, for
1: racism. They Thank got, you. They, Thank you. They got gear. They got Long, gear. They got thugs. Fixed. Well, that's, dude, that's,
2: Siren was back there with fucking big ass boots on, like big ass boots. Play. Why you gotta be big boots? Because like he's black. He
1: got bl- big boots. You had boots on, that bitch. They big, dude. Look at this. Siren loved boots. He loved. Boots. No, no, he wore Tim's. That's how. That's how. Yeah. Pe- that's how they dress in the hood, All right? You yeah, get your, you get your... a, a sweet. He's
2: a sweetheart of a man, but when I first saw him, I was like, oh shit, like Jersey is in the house.
1: Well, so I have a rec- recollection. And you have to tell me whether this is bullshit, because I remember doing that show at Fat Cats, and someone from the band, from your band, basically being like, yo, we heard Reject the Sickness, our previous album, and it was like, yo, we based our entire band off that record. But I'm like, did I, did I invent that, or did someone say that? I may have told you a story about
2: our record, uh, our second, or third full length three in the out fire. There's a breakdown on there that I definitely stole. God forbid. Okay. I forget what what record it was on. I definitely told you the story. I was like, yo, because at the time I was like, you know, you look at the band you're torn with and playing with, you're like, oh, your record just came out. And I was like, I put it on. I was like, wow. Like competition is a healthy thing. Like I was like, these guys are fucking there's just riffs all over the place. Like how can you like you have to keep up at least with this band. Yeah. Who are fucking making awesome riffs. So there's definitely one inspired, it's on uh, this glorious nightmare off of uh, In the Other of Fire, the breakdown in that is definitely, I robbed, uh, God forbid, on that breakdown. Yeah,
1: I think for us, definitely the breakdown in Antihero is unearthed. It's kind of like unearthed, just not in B.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's it's so incestuous, like everyone's like, yo, that's sick, this band's doing some cool stuff, let's, like let's get inspiration from that. Right like, I, I'm I'm writing a lot now, like, all week I fucking write, but I'm like, why is all these riffs I'm writing shitty and the same? I'm like, well, maybe it's because you listen to Christopher Cross, Ambrosia, and just, like, Climax Blues Band, like, shitty uh, soft rock from the early 80s. Okay. Like, why, where, where are the riffs? Like, maybe it's because you're inspired by soft rock from the 80s, so, like, I'll get in my car and like put on like harm's way or something and drive around just to get that in my head, you know?
1: Listen, well one, I'll say this, a, I don't have the answers Two, you know, it's a very interesting thing, you know, cause I've lived many lives in the music industry, which I think yeah. very few people. And it's, it's interesting. Cause when I, you know, probably half the people on here probably don't even know that I quit, God forbid. And went on tour playing bass. with You guys, Six months after, not even. Um, so I was hanging out with you guys right at this kind of like point in my life where I could be going left, I can go right, I can go up, and I can go down. So I, you know, I don't know what you gleaned from for me at, at that point, but being different roles, like in God forbid, I was basically the main guy or one of the main guys. But not on purpose. Like I was like I was showing up at rehearsal. Like, all right, guys, the boss is in. Let me tell you how it's <laughs> going. Right? That's how I show up. Yeah, you just like you just put your fucking big dick on the fucking yeah. Marshall amp. You know, like my shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, but and then I like even playing with you guys. It was the first time I'd ever been on stage, where like I had to just hang back as a performer you know like you look at a stage in terms of depth front stage backstage buzz and ken are so active that like i couldn't i didn't have to be a front performer it wasn't relevant it was like but i had to just and these are things you don't talk about it's not like you have a band meeting it's like hey man uh you're in my way it's like no no no, i'm the fill-in guy Get in the back yeah. and hold it down. That's your job. We tell our we we tell our current bass player that. Like, step the fuck back. Because he's so tall. I'm tall. Like, and I'm you. So don't like short, tall people, like is this, that what it is? You're racist against tall yeah. people? Wow. Tallism. T- they
2: can are on myself. Wow.
1: You're canceled.
2: Stuff up high. Fuck them. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, breathing fine? that good like, air. <laughs> yeah, breathing all the good air. Like it's me and Ken up here doing stupid stupid and our bass is great, he's got good backups, like he's a classic bass player. Big puffy white sneakers, tight jeans, long big ass head hair. Great looking guy. Fantastic. On, good buns. Let's just ugly, you ever you ever get a get a shot of the buns in those face tight face pants? Face. His his pants are so tight. I'm like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? But he's classic, like '80s fucking metal guy. And we we give him a lot of shit, but we all kind of love him,
1: you know. Kind of love him. I like that little little little. Kind of love him. You know. Well, by the way, should I open the 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 Bodingtons ale? What do you think? Because I'm I'm everything's sweet. Fisher truly, truly is good. I had one of those last night, like in a pinch at
2: a guy's house. I hung out at, at some party last night until like seven in the morning. <laughs>
1: you were at a party until 7 in the morning? Aren't you my age? I'm going to be 44. Like in June. Well, you look fantastic. Well, thank you very much. I don't know about the Boddingtons. I think I'm kind of out on the Boddingtons. Boddingtons is alright. It's alright. It's kind of like nothing. It's just, it's not a Guinness. It's, It's not really carbonated. I don't really know what's happening there. It'll just... Guaranteed to get you effed up, but we have some comments here. We got uh My phone's way th- know- You can probably read the comments better than me. I don't know what's going on with, with my shit. I think you look way better on my phone than on my computer. I know. I'm looking at my phone like you look crisp. No, but you know why that is. So the the camera on my computer from 2012. Camera, on my phone is fucking. This is that's some. 2020 goodness, right there. You know what I'm saying? I like
2: your mic set up. You you're like fucking like a regular Howard Stern over there, like you, you fucking yeah. I'm like a mic.
1: regular Howard Stern. Like I'm a billionaire who who flies on fucking <laughs> invisible planes like Wonder Woman. Get the fuck out of here. I'm like Howard Stern. <laughs> I'm just talking about the mic. You look you. It, I guess I was saying you look professional with that mic because I am prof- by the way professional. My mic and my. Do you see these headphones? Baller, son akg Dude, i love I love akg spend I love some money, money y'all what's that over the ear headphones i love them yeah i'm like i got stupid airpods in like no i love the airpods i love it i back the airpods but they ain't yeah. paying the rent around here akg is akg a as in a plus k as in special k g as in good girlfriend but
2: like this is what you do—the podcast. Like you need to have a kind of a professional rig. Like this kind like of. No, this is
1: very professional. So the problem is, you thought it was a game. Sorry, it is not a game. Well, dude, I listen to your podcast all the time. I love it. Oh, thank you. Well, it's funny. I'm, I'm noticing as though the as a consumer the... of podcasts. I love it. What's that? As a consumer of podcasts, I enjoy your your work. Well, it's it's interesting because now I feel like. Uh, during the stay-at-home orders and all this, everyone is uh, – people have a lot of time on their hands. So one of the things you can do at home is podcast. So there's a lot of people starting yeah. podcasts. You know, I see a lot of people trying to get on my corner. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I see you. I see you right there. I like it because sometimes I'm looking at you in the computer, and then I look to the side and I look at the Instagram. I'm like, yo, get off my corner. All right, motherfucker, I see you. All right. Yeah. Motherfuckers being on my corner, but it's all right. By the way, so this is so I was gonna call this the drunk cast, but you look so sober, and I feel like I thought I was going into drunk buzz. Dude, and I am. A, I am a professional. Like yes, I but can do this. I'm sipping three beverages, and you've had like two sips of like a fucking Coors, a, a fucking Miller. Do you want to
2: grab it? Te- you want to make a tequila drink right now? Yes,
1: yes, I do. I will if, make I will make a tequila drink. All right, he's gonna make a tequila you, you drink. You can see me do it. All right, we'll I see. I did it. buy some tequila the other day. All right, let me let me see if I can answer some of these questions.
2: Go. Some questions. Let me make a drink real quick.
1: You need an umbrella. Like I was for talking that about drink.
2: earlier uh, the riff contest I got into on Twitter with uh, Mark Morton, like a serious riff guy. So. I was submitting my riff
1: to this Twitter fucking thing. That's it's gonna be like a bracket, I guess. No, I was in it. So I just didn't put my riff in. Oh, but I got a riff. But here's I, the thing: unlike you, I'm not putting an 18. Doc call one riff. One riff. I put. I,
2: I had one riff that I was like, "This is fire," and then I was like, "I didn't know where to send it," so I like tweeted at the group. I was like, "Yo, where, where do I send this riff?" And Mark Morton like was talking. She's like, "Don't even bother, man. I just sent mine in." And I was like, all right, so I talked to you back. I was like, oh, I didn't know it was a contest. I thought you were just running low on riffs. But then I, he made me second-guess my riff, and I wrote another one.
1: Okay. Not me. I'm not going to second-guess it. Yeah. I was definitely like, all right, is this, is no, this is the, good enough? To, but the to goal is Morton? to have the heaviest riff. I
2: didn't know that.
1: No, I'm so asking, my riff right? Just... That's right. It's the heaviest.
2: Yeah. That was it. I didn't read that part. Can
1: you have drums or no drums? So I just the Drums, like you quiet can. drums. Okay,
2: okay. I have a ri re- honestly. I didn't, I didn't know that it was heaviest riff. Okay. Like I I didn't read that. Part, what did you think it was? So I just made a sick
1: riff. You sick.
2: Like noty, like really naughty and like yeah.
1: fast and no. ashy. No, no one likes that, right? Noty doesn't yeah. pay the bills, all right? True. The dude the breakdowns pay those bills. No, they don't do the the, dumber, the better. No they don't. No, they don't. You know what saying? You don't pays the bills. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. Hold on. <laughs> I gotta think about it. You know what I'm saying? That pays the bills, motherfucker. Blues riff, son. Yeah.
2: Uh, the easier the better, but I have a hard time doing easy stuff. Like I always feel like
1: it's too stupid. I know, but that's. I think that's you getting in your own way. Okay, and let me explain this. 100%. Because what it is it's it, this is something I realized probably I mean, I realized this literally like at the time period we're talking about around 2002, 2003 after, you know, Godfrey made this album that just had it was too fast and there was too many notes and too many parts and we had to go out and play this stuff live that we didn't think about. The point is it I at that point like before God forbid did Gone Forever, and what triggered that sh- shift in the sound was we I went we went back to like the shit that got us into music, so we started listening to Alice in Chains again. We started listening to the Beatles, got into classic rock. Start like unlearned the thing because a lot of that stuff is, and when you start like getting outside of those little boxes. You start realizing that, okay, these these things are actually holding us back. This idea that because that's like being a guitar player and especially being a technical metal guitar player, it is about ability. But the truth is that ability only helps you in certain realms, you know, like there are certain gigs, like especially. So when I like left, God forbid, and it was like, okay, now I'm just in the marketplace of players and what skill sets you know, and what has helped me being like a, a just a musician, right, who's looking for work is my versatility, right? Being able to do multiple the landscape, things. The landscape of, like, guitar
2: players is littered with shredders who couldn't write a riff. Like, dudes who are fucking sick, but just couldn't write a riff. And they just fade away into obscurity because just because they're so good at guitar, but cannot write a riff for
1: a song. Yeah, but in, in in some ways, so actually, I I came up with a theory. Before we did this, just thinking about you, but you you actually thinking about you would think about some other people too. That like, I remember when I was playing for you guys, playing bass, and I would just sit there, and you were like, just playing guitar, sick as fuck, that Laney amp, that Lionheart, and it sounded yeah, so good. A good amp. I was just like, not for that. I was just like. I'm so shot at, guitar, <laughs> at fucking metal guitar. Like I should just go and play like fucking Linder Skinner riffs in the corner. Cause that's how tight you are <laughs> and how, how just on point you are as a, as a, well thank you as a metal guitar player. But then I, it got me thinking that if you're you, it took you however long to get that proficient and that skillful and that truth be told, like if, if you quit, on Earth tomorrow, in today's day and age, there's t- no joke. There's actually there's so many like shredders and kids that can do all this stuff. But if you rewind the clock ten years ago, there weren't that many people that could do yeah, kind of the guitar playing that, that you do.
2: I get where you're going. Yeah, was, I remember back in the day, like I was trying to like be like the best. Yeah. like I was fucking going for it. In in the in the the landscape didn't. There wasn't a lot of dudes who could fucking play fast or like, like riff out that hard. So I was like,
1: it was the goal was very attainable back then. Yeah. Well, no, now but, it's like there's but so. You, the, but you set the goal. The guitar players now are so good. No, but what I'm saying is you set the standard that a band like uh, the Human Abstract, right? A band that would kind of... or like, but early between the buried and me, like people don't remember that a lot of that kind of like arpeggiated melody thing. From a guitar standpoint, and you know, people see between the Bear and me now as, like this, like kind of prog fucking heavyweight, which they are, uh, but but people kind of forget where, where they started. And On Earth really started that kind of like. Here is how the guitar if is going to exist. If anybody thinks about me like that, I am completely flattered. That's it, that's. But great. it's true. I mean, I was there, and you know, On Earth, like I said, to me, when it comes to metalcore, there is two bands that created the standard. It was On Earth and kill switch on earth created a different formula though on earth formula was this and i and i learned this even more when i played with the band it was basically it was a few parts it was metal part right so the riff gotta have the metal like and that that can kind of formulate itself in a few different ways but then it's breakdown but the breakdown it can't be like riff breakdown it has to be chunk open breakdown like that's the, the main thing then, Maiden part, right? It has to yep. be like a like chord. We, like, we love Maiden. love Maiden. And then with a... Right? <laughs> then, star guitar part. When I say star guitar part, I mean, it has to have some technique. I call, I call them technique. stunts. Stunts, okay. Yeah, guitar stunts. Yeah, so there has to be something... I mean, gimmick is the wrong word, but gimmicky is something gimmick that, like... Gimmick is a good word. It's, it's a, a good twerk. word. It's like, hey, we're yeah. doing a thing, and it's like, listen, if you want to do this thing, you need to come back here with, like, pen & Teller, where we show you how to do the yeah. thing. But you're not just going to, like... And none classic,
2: of The last example of that is uh, our song, "Incinerate" off the last record. It's just, like, a, a straight mosher, and it just stops, and I just play sweeps. Because yeah. I need attention. Like I'm, wow. I need someone to look at me. So you're like a Literally stripper
1: with a guitar. Is like, have, is it daddy yeah. issues or mommy, mommy issues though?
2: I don't know. I don't know. But that whole part, like, you weren't held out. enough.
1: You were not hugged me. enough, though. And yeah, I think maybe that was it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like, watch you play guitar fast for like uh, thirty seconds. We were in we were in Mexico one time, and we played a festival. And I had a vacation booked afterwards, like a resort. And I was like, my vacation starts as soon as this section of the song incinerated stuff. It's literally the hardest thing I have to do all day. Yeah. So as soon as this is over, I'm on vacation.
1: And then what, what happened?
2: Played the rest of the set, which was pretty easy. And then I flew to a, a island off the coast of Mexico. And I had a fucking great time.
1: Did you go by yourself or did you go with someone else?
2: I went by I invited our
1: bass player, Chris, Mm -hmm. which was a mistake.
2: Okay. It's getting weird. Like, he he sucks to hang out with sometimes when he gets drunk. We shared a room. And I got sick. I got food poisoning. And he, like, brought, like, girls to the room to, like, roll a joint. And I'm like, dude, I'm literally going to die. Can you please get the fuck out of here? What are you talking about, mate?
1: Wow. This is getting really weird.
2: (laughs) So, like, no, I'm... I'll make my complaints about our bass player publicly known. It's, it's fine. Like, <laughs> but, like, I was like, next time I make, like, a, a big – because I was supposed to go to Fiji. I was supposed to be in Fiji right now. We were going go to go – we were supposed to be in Australia, like – bet we were you were. Like, big shot. Right around big now. Big shot in Fiji. So, on the way there, like, stop off in Fiji real quick. Like, I would just, just going to chill. Um. But then, you know, of course everything got canceled, so I didn't get to go. But that Fiji trip,
1: i didn't tell anybody about that. That was just that was just supposed to be Lone me. Wolf. Yeah, that's it. Actually let's, wolf let's talk about that. No, no, let's let's talk about that for real quick. So I think this is actually super important. And by the way, this uh the Instagram it only lasts for an hour, so they're gonna be gone probably in a few minutes. Like fifteen minutes, but it's all right. Um so when I met you, you were dedicated not when I met you, but the last time we like were playing together and torn together, you were like dedicated married man, with with child. Yeah, you know, not with child. Yeah. Like you were giving birth to a child. Because as as impressive as your sweeps and your your technique is, you cannot bear a, a child within your your bosom. That's not that's not within your capabilities. There's not there's not any technique one can do as a man to do that. Um, yeah. You know, you were like living the the, the domestic uh, ideal to a certain degree, and and within that time, you become single man. You know, with with you know doing going to Fiji, micro dosing. I don't know how many bottles we have in the background. Let me count. We got uh, we got some Bex. I think I count a couple. I think no that's it. There's, there's no
2: way this Bex in this
1: house. That looks like a Bex. Uh, it's green. I think it's, uh... What it's is a, that? It's
2: an IPA, like a resin. Wine. Oh wow! What
1: a okay. So some more Millers. It looks like some some wine bottles. Some wine. Wine. Some wine back there is now. Is that is that a, is that a champagne or is that like a uh, like a Bailey's bottle? No, it's wine. Okay. It's, it's like a Pinot Noir, or like a Cabernet. Pinot Noir. What a fucking pretty cunt over here! Wow, <laughs> Just a big shot. Hold oh, on, I, have- I gotta drink one from each. Think- Hold on, we go. I always tell
2: like this, like, I was married for almost 15 years. Those were great times, but I'm having way more fun not being married.
1: (laughs) You don't say. You don't say. Usually, when people... My ex-wife, we're great great friends. She's a great person, and uh, she's
2: married to a woman now, like, and that woman is great. Like, my... When my kid goes there, like she has a great home when she. Yes. Ends up at oh, house. oh,
1: really? Two women have a great home. You don't say. Yeah. Weird. Can you, you think about the so scarves like, and the bidet and like the, you know, uh, the, you know, the what, what they call bede not bidets, uh the duvet you know the the duvet covers duvet uh, yeah. yeah I mean that home must be lovely all right the it potpourri si- the, the potpourri great. situation. Must be to die yeah. for. I'm just saying. Scented candles. It's so love, like, look, listen. We can send like you some scented candles. Can we get Buzz some scented candles? You got? Can we? Can we? When people
2: get divorced, sometimes like it's weird. Um, if, especially if you if you have a kid, like a lot of times, like maybe the ex wife is like dating like a crackhead biker or some yeah. fucking weirdo, and your kid legally has to go there and be in danger that yeah. happens to a lot of people
1: yeah you got to get AK 47
2: like, yeah when my kid goes with her mom like she's in the safest place possible
1: like it's probably safer than when she's with me listen i'm not i'm not making any judgments i'm not looking at the mustache i'm not looking at the wine bottles in the background <laughs> i'm just i'm just saying you know some people have really nice duvets and scented candles that's all i'm saying yeah did I ever tell you? The, did I ever tell you the story about how we got our daughter from Kazakhstan? You adopted your daughter. Yeah, I had no. No, I didn't. I don't know anything about. I didn't even know that that was a thing. This is the no brat jokes, people.
2: Uh, it was two thousand eight. Uh, me and my ex wife were we like we you know we tried to have a baby. It was like wasn't really working out. So like maybe we should adopt a baby. And her cousin had three kids from Kazakhstan. So we were talking to her, and she was like, all right, you know, this is the agency if you guys want to be down this road. And we, like, considered it. I'm like, let's check it out. And we went through this huge process. I was on tour in Europe. I flew home for seven hours, flew back to Frankfurt, and then to Almaty, Kazakhstan. And we lived there for two months. And we adopted our daughter, who was beautiful. And I always tell this joke, but it kind of rings true. It was like, if me and my ex wife actually made a baby, it would be a fucking goblin. <laughs>
1: you, you're that down on your like. You mean just from a look standpoint?
2: Yes, me and my ex wife are just
1: fucking ugly. Listen, as fuck. if you listen, if you but, shave that terrible mustache, you're a very fine know, looking human being. Listen, you but, look like a hobbit, but a sexy hobbit. <laughs> Okay, and that's what's important.
2: But our daughter our daughter Romina is is a beautiful young she's about to turn twelve and yeah, we lived in Kazakhstan for two months. We like went to court, we visited her, and then we we literally flew home with a baby. It was yeah. fucking crazy. Hell yeah.
1: yeah. Listen, I'm, I, there's a lot to absorb there, all right. I'm just I'm just taking it all yeah. in. By the way, cheers Let's, drunk. let's cheers about to the Instagram. Touches. Let's cheers to the Instagram. No, no. Cheers, Instagram. The, there you go. Boom. So it's Doc here. Just wanted to cut in real quick to let you guys know that there was a little break in the conversation because something happened with Buzz's computer or his phone or something. So his voice will sound a little different uh, because he's using a different mic or whatever. And uh, yeah, I hope... You're having fun. I'm having fun. You know, even, hey, maybe have a couple of drinks uh, with the show, you know, in case, you know, unless you're in recovery or something, then don't. All right. Back to the program. So, so, so one of the things with this is I want to see how impeded my performance as a, a podcast host is being because of the, the consumption. Because I feel like, like yourself, I do feel like I, I know how to handle my, my beverage.
2: I think it's like, it's We talked about some interesting stuff and the conversation moves smoothly. You're not slurring your speech. You're fine.
1: No, I know that. But I, 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 for me in particular, trying, I was essentially doing two jobs, right? I was talking to you, but then it was also like people were watching live. So I was kind of doing this multitasking thing, which I don't have to do anymore. The live part, I think, is, is a cool idea. People are just sitting at home, like doing nothing. Like I had
2: a, I told you earlier like, I had a uh, live, Facebook live of my cat, where just I was just rubbing his belly for 30 minutes, and people loved it. Did they though? I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? This did is they, the stupidest video they, I ever did.
1: Did they? Did they love it? Do we know?
2: Uh, uh, people are still talking about it today. They'll be still talking about it in like 10 years.
1: I mean, they, they won't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. So, God forbid, Shadows for our reunion. When is this happening? I mean, why does it need to happen?
2: uh because i want to see it happen
1: well all right, so it's funny cuz i have i have so many phases with this whole thing because because i do think it's you know there's a lot of ways to kind of look at it you know and um one of the things i've been doing recently i when i say recent, i mean literally like in the last week or so or no a couple weeks is i basically like so a lot of people know my mother passed away, you know, like a month ago or I don't even know. I, honestly, I don't I haven't even look at the fucking calendar, but not even like three weeks ago. Right. And I didn't I didn't pick up a guitar for almost two weeks. Right. And I, and I remember picking up a guitar and I'm like, wow, man, it's like like literally my uh, hands felt like clay. Like I just yeah. didn't move right. Sometimes you take a break and all, and you feel like liberated. I don't know. But this time it felt really weird. I was like, fuck man, I suck. So I was like just to get the blood moving, I just started playing like God forbid records. Yeah. You know, and I'm you know I'm
2: your Skype name is I don't want to say it out loud, but it has the word forbid.
1: So I've been like playing these songs and luckily I have an excellent memory so I I can play you literally anything Probably, even, you know, even like Lamb of God, right? You're like, hey, can you, yeah, I'll fucking, I'll, it's more or less there. There's some of the details I have to brush up on, but more or less, I, I've i got the stuff,
2: you know. I would have no idea if you asked me to go play a Lamb of God song, right? I'm like, I don't know.
1: I, Well, I, no, but I think it's, it's gone. But, but if I literally hadn't played it since then, yeah. But I'm, to me, like everything I learn, it's like a part of the process of learning. So I'm like, I got to. Yeah if I learn that and it presents these like new techniques or this different style of playing, if I don't keep playing it, I'll lose the ability that I, the, the, the you know, the steps that I took during that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why yeah. did I do all this work? If I'm just going to forget the lessons.
2: I wish that some, some band would be like, Hey, will you come fill in for my band? That way I'll, I would have something to do. And, like learn somebody else's stuff like
1: I secretly crave that well here's the thing there's this band um, that's going on tour next week that needs a guitar player so
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh you need a gig oh you're one of those guys that need, a, need gig. a gig Okay, I'm I don't sorry. even
2: want the gig I just want my brain to do something different
1: yeah you know? but, but I think that's intentional so you know what I did to do that this is going back to 2010 remember 2010 great year that
2: was uh, like a, a blink of an eye ago. Right.
1: So 2010, I was fortunate enough to get invited to play guitar in a cover band with uh, my buddy Scott, Scott Winchell, who's the drummer for a metalcore band in Jersey called For the Love Of. I don't know if you remember him. I love anything that starts
2: with metalcore band from Jersey.
1: Yeah. Well, they're one of the best. I'm already moshing. Yeah. And their their shit like, but here's the thing about Scott. Scott was a real musician. Like this guy was, he just he was one of these guys that was kind of above and beyond all of us. He was, you know, he was studying with a jazz drummer and and really involved in all these other things. And you know, he I don't even know how why they asked me, but somehow they asked me, and we were and it was like Zeppelin and fucking Incubus and you know, living color and just just everything across the spectrum, no doubt, all the shit. And me being this, like, at the time, like, oh, it's Doc from God Forbid. He's this guitar player you should care about. So much of it was, like, putting on a right shoe on the wrong foot, you know? Yeah. Because my skill was very uh, strong with one thing. In one, I agree. Contest. I'm so I'm
2: so one dimensional, like with my guitar playing. Yeah. I, I know how to do one thing very well, but to expand like that, like play these other songs and get good at those, that's a great like skill building activity.
1: But that's what I did. You know what's fun? You no, know it's even crazier. I have fucking rehearsal tapes. They recorded the re- my they recorded my tryout, and I have it, and it's rough. It's rough. (laughs) And somehow I got the gig and somehow I was good enough where when I couldn't do the band, they couldn't find someone to replace me. So... Look, you've been on many stages
2: all over the world playing shows with your guitar that you probably most of the time couldn't even hear. What? Through shit monitors or whatever. What? Like... What? Like, I feel like... My hands are strong because I have played so many shows where I just couldn't hit my guitar and I just pr- tried to play
1: harder. I did it, and I, that's like the it's skill in itself. No, I, I did a thing. It's funny. By the way, the, the drunk cast is starting to get drunk. All right, <laughs> you're starting it. to get drunk. I did it. I am. I did a thing. <laughs> We're on tour with Hatebreed. It was the tour, uh, epic tour. Get this tour: breed, God forbid, main support. Pretty sick. Sick. evergreen terrace terror great band uh, terror terror like don't even give me started. hold on hold um, on acacia strain <laughs> after the burial opening this was a tour that traveled the country together of oh, the united states
2: <laughs> of this all wasn't
1: the countries. Just a one show no it was, it was it was it was the united states uh rock and roll tour that traversed the Americas. Murderous,
2: murderous lineup. Murderous lineup. Here's the
1: thing. So it was after the burial when they were completely unknown and they had the original singer, which was a lot different than their current singer. So they did not have the, the impact that they that they would go on to have, obviously. Uh, Acacia Strain was still like, you know, the underground kind of like Darling, but they had not crossed over. Whereas, like, people don't yeah. remember, this was 20, two, 2007 where most of, you know, Hatebreed's fans were like metal fans. So if you weren't a metal band, they just didn't know you. So we had that advantage of, like, yeah. being a known metal band, which is why we were direct support at the time. And Terror, really, like, I feel like, if you look at the time, they, in many ways, they should be, should have been, like, either right before us or even right before Hatebreed. But they were a last-minute addition to the tour. So, anyway.
2: If you want to talk, like, we were talking about earlier about, like, uh, support bands that blow you the fuck away. We did a tour with Terror, and it got to the point where I just couldn't watch them before we played because it would just fucking vibe me out. <laughs> like, Terror would just crush it. and it, it, Like, at some point, in the tour was like, just don't watch Terror yeah. and play your own show.
1: Did, is that the one with Every Time I Die? No, it was I think it was um Black Dahlia murder. Yeah, that was the tour. On Earth. What? Like 2004, like a long time ago. No, no, I know. That was the t- it wasn't wasn't it it wasn't ever to my or as Lay dying?
2: Was not there... either
1: of those? Oh, no. it was just it was Black Dahlia. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting my tours yeah. mixed up.
2: Remember remembering Never Opened, and then I think it was Black Dahlia Terror and then um Whatever that yeah, but that was the tour thing.
1: you guys did yeah. to follow up Ozfest that sold out yeah. every show, every single show. Jersey,
2: it was a fuck. We didn't even play. It was a fucking right. Somebody got a merch table smashed to the face, and like <laughs> we just we left with the money because you have to get paid.
1: Like that's the contract. We didn't even
2: play. Good work if you can get it.
1: It's like, uh, <laughs> why do you only have one leg? Uh, I went to go see Terror. <laughs> At the Chrome yeah. in 20, 20- 2004. <laughs> and uh, here's the thing: lost I might have lost my leg, but I did pay my way, you know, through college, and I have this home. So yeah, uh, sometimes you got to give up a leg to get a house. You know, I'm just saying. What's
2: it worth? What's it worth to you?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, do you want to walk, or do you want to have somewhere to sleep indefinitely? I mean, I don't Jersey know. was always gnarly. It was like.
2: Jersey always did good by us. Like, they always embraced us. Like, yeah. the day we start like, playing shows there. But people had a very low
1: tolerance for bullshit. We know we, we always, know, like, you know what we, know we called Jersey? A, we it was, called it the real Southie. You know, just keep going South. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it was like Boston, man. Fucking just idiots in Boston just wanting to fight. Yeah. And it was thugs, fucking stupid. Uh, as I say, thugs and hooligans. All right. Yeah. But for, like... Here's what I want to say about Jersey and Boston and the whole Northeast is like, how do you get a neck that big? <laughs> and like, just like the, the meat around the neck on the back,
2: it goes like a, it's like you look at
1: a mountain. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, these triangle fucking humans. So i I'm, like, I'm, no I'm like, is that a diet? Is that a, an exercise? <laughs> what are you eating to get that neck? Is it Wawa? I don't know who... Who... You can go to Wawa, though. Like, that's my shit. Dude, I was... When I was back in Jersey, the other trip my mom, uh, about three days, we stayed at a hotel, motel. It was really a motel. Across the street from a Wawa. I went there every day, multiple times a day. There was no reason to go anywhere else. It was delicious. It's no, it's... They figured something out. It's not it's not fair. I don't have it. By the way, I'm getting what's really the, drunk. What's the other what's the other one? The competitor?
2: Quick um, check. No, not quick check. No, there's there's sheets, and there's sheets. Sheets. Yeah. Sheets but, is okay. No, but what sheets is sheets?
1: only Sheets isn't really a competitor because sheets is only in Pennsylvania, I believe. So yeah. in New Jersey, there's no sheets. Yeah. But if you're in Pennsylvania, it was a game my daughter was playing, like on her iPhone
2: and It would be like a picture would come up of a fast food restaurant, like just a part of the picture.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm like, oh, that's fucking, uh, that's Zaxby's.
1: Oh, that's uh, you know, Bojangles. Your daughter, your daughter knows the intricacies of Bojangles. No, no, she asked me what it was. Like she was playing this
2: game. She's like, "What's this?" I'm like, "Oh, that's Bojangles. That's like Zaxby's." I knew every single shitty fast food restaurant in the fucking world, and that was like. I've been touring for way too long in a van.
1: By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna expose I'm gonna expose you. Sorry. <laughs> so one of the things I learned from Buzz touring was I did not know at the time that if you asked any fast food restaurant for water in a cup, that they will give it to you. And so what Buzz oh, wow. buzzes move so buzz basically he's on tour, he likes to drive, which is amazing for me. That' I don't like to like to drive it's just I'm just a I'm lazy at heart. so like if you if you give me the option to be lazy, I will you know in many many regards i will I will take that it's so, fine, right? but it's a, but here's the thing it's not because he's a hard worker because he needs to be in control.
2: Right, it is. I I do have I do have control issues. But here's the thing. Is, but when it's your life, life,
1: here's the thing. When it's your life, right? Why not be yep. in control of that, right? So I don't so so I'll okay. never uh get in the way of that. But he illuminated me to the idea that these restaurants, if you ask for tap water, they have to give it to you. I know so what Buzz is doing, this is why he's a Svelte man and he'll probably live to be fucking 97. You know, is he would get like the sandwich, you know, with you know very minimal, you know, kind of how it's contained, and you know what the accoutrement, and but with a glass of water, and he would just get his sandwich, he'd have his water, and he'd be back on the fucking road, right? If that's it, human like, Caucasian efficiency, I love it.
2: You live in like on tour in a van, you live and die by the stop. So it's like I know, but you maximize down. it.
1: But me, I'll get the fucking potato wedges. I'll get the yeah. jalapeno poppers. i get the shake. You know, like, I'm I'm just like a real piece it's of great shit. It's to, like, get a bunch of shitty food and then sit down for seven more hours. No no, 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 no. Listen, I'll do it on the road. I got no problem with popping the poppers on the road. Mm-hmm. My point is, is that it tells you so much about how much of it is a choice, right? Because you see the... People go on the road and, you know, they're not doing so hot. And the people who live on the road and kind of, you know, maintain their their elements. And you're just like, you know what? I get the sandwich, I get my water, and I'll get them to go. you fucking motherfucking what, piece dude, of shit. Dude, I used to be I I used to be 180 pounds. I'm five five. Here's the thing. I was I dream of. I was 180 20. pounds in 1998. All right. And I dream of 180. Dude, I, I'm no, 230. I, you're a, you're tall I am tall. I'm,
2: a, I'm like five five six on a good day 180 pounds on me does not look
1: good so how, how what do you now uh 150 okay yeah no I mean listen I here's the thing I should be 180 if I was if I was lit, not if I didn't have three alcoholic beverages in front of me this is you know we like I live like you know King Arthur. Think, like, really think about it. Like, the fact that I can just, on my phone, I can just, like, you know what? I wish... Oh, shit, shit's falling on me. I wish that uh, uh, some food will appear at my door in half an hour, right? <laughs> and it just does. Here. <laughs> and I just wish it. I wish, and I will pay 30 credits for Bojangles to show immediately, right? Who needs to bring that shit to you? And it just can't, like... You know, yeah. I mean, listen. I'm a I'm a bulky dude. Like I'm actually, in compared to just the general average person, I'm a muscular person. So I'm carrying more muscle weight than fat weight. But even with that said, I should probably be around 200 pounds, um, healthily, somewhere between 190 and 200. You know, but that you know, and that's just keeping it. That's keeping it real. All right. And you are in a popular rock and roll band. Yes, but should I... you look good. Well, no, no. Here's the thing about... I know how to get it together for... It's like the uh, the supermodel who knows how to, like, curve their body in the right way. Like, I know how to yeah. get it, you know. On the, on the road, having that motivation and all that stuff, I know how to get it right. And the truth is, you know, I understand the, the image side of it and kind of looking the part and all that. And I'm, you know, I'm fashion conscious and... Weight conscious and all the, all that. I
2: stuff. saw a picture of you today on Instagram. It was just you on stage with a jean jacket. Yeah, I'm like Doc is killing it right now. He looks so sick.
1: It matters, man. Like no, no joke, man. And I'm and we've been really lucky, you know, to get support from amazing brands and stuff that like you know hook us up with stuff and you know it's like you know. Gotta look fly, man. You know, no joke. I mean, you're... We're in in show business. We're in show business. Exactly. Like, you know, so... I I ain't trying to... We... The last tour we did
2: in Europe that we headlined, we actually had a... uh, We hired a social media person. This girl, uh, Giovanna. Like, she's from uh, Serbia. And she came out and, like, took pictures and, like, did all of our social media stuff. And all of her pictures, like look good. Like we look we all looked good. I mean there's some you know, if you catch us at a bad angle, like, oh, how old is that fucking fat ass motherfucker? Yeah. But this girl like got some really cool pictures and like and we let her get our social medias up. It was like she put up some cool content.
1: It's very important bad wolves for I'd say it's the first actually most of the time we've been on tour we've had a social uh uh photographer slash video person slash social media um you know content person on tour and it really helped especially early on when you're a new band and you're trying to establish yourself as like we're legit we're real deal that stuff goes miles because of because oh, it yeah because the thing is oh. we're out we're doing these tours we're playing in front of thousands of people, 10 thousands of people every day but if you don't show People. make sure they make sure they remember you you know well no but they view you at so we're opening the arena show but if i put out a well constructed well shot video of us playing the arena we look like the arena band so it's doc cutting in just one more time to let you know i cut out there's an edit here where we change subjects and i didn't want it to come off a little too Abrupt, but you know, there's so little some stuff in there, a little too hot for TV, and uh, you know, I'm not trying to get cancelled yet. You know, eventually I will be, but I just didn't want to happen this week. But you know, I'll imagine something a little controversial happening right here, and then we pick it up. So enjoy my segue. But that's a no, but no joke, that's serious stuff. That's serious stuff yeah. and And I would personally, I would never joke about that because clearly there was, you know, some serious just life shit going on at that moment uh, where she was in that place where something happened. And I don't don't know, intentional, I don't know, not intentional And it's uh, I think
2: like mentally, if you're like if you're a famous person and you're going through like some uh, mental issues. It must be doubly as hard because you should be happy about your life, but you're not. But and you can't get out of but that? that.
1: hold on, that's the problem. The should, yeah, says who? Yeah, says who? Well, and the and like, the should. I but, was,
2: if I was a famous person, I was like, I have everything I want, but I was just kind of sad inside. I like, why do I still want to die? Like that must be really hard to get out of. All right,
1: who? All right, just uh, like seriously. Who kills themselves the most? Is it the poorest people? Famous people, I think. No, no, no. But it is that. It is, but it's generally that, that, the most that privileged people. Dave
2: there's that great Dave Chappelle bit about how he's like, he opens up his stand-up, He's like, Anthony Bourdain had the greatest job in the world, and he killed himself. And he's like, yo, I met up with a guy that uh, I used to go to high school with. He was divorced. He works at Footwalker. He's like, yo, dog, are you thinking about killing yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like it, it, it speaks a lot of truth about it, you know. It's really, you know, crazy. Yeah, but that—that's my my point is that the most privileged people think about killing themselves because I think when yeah. you're just trying to survive, when you're just trying to make it to the next Monday, yeah, it does. It literally doesn't occur to you because you're in survival mode. It's when you're in thrive, you have survival mode and you got thrive mode. Thrive mode is, I got survival on lock. What am I trying to do? Where am I trying to go? To infinity and beyond, right? So -hmm. when you're trying to go to infinity, it's like, I know I'm going to live. It's, can I become something greater? Can I be something greater than this plane of existence? That it gets squirrely. And I think yeah. until you're there, until you've achieved this benchmark and that benchmark and this benchmark and that benchmark, can you know what that's like? And I think we often judge people who are in these positions without really knowing what that's like. You know, everybody this,
2: says, like, oh, that person had it all. Like, why would they do
1: such a thing? You know?
2: They but had it all based on their vantage point. Yeah, that's all, like, it's all the more reason to, like, why am I so bummed out? I have everything. That's It, it, it kind of must compound on, on itself and to the point where, like, ah, right,
1: let's fucking put the lights out. Yeah. Brother, I'm so drunk. We are going down the weird fucking road, too, man. Yeah, and I have to pee so bad.
2: All right, go pee. Fucking, we had a great talk here. It was fucking super fun.
1: We did it. We Listen, brother. We did it. We did an hour of it on Instagram for the people. Yep. But you know what? We did it without pissing ourselves. We didn't throw up. You know, I got three beverages. <laughs> you only had how many beverages? I don't throw up, up had, anymore. That's, two, that's like fucking. You had two beverages, right?
2: I bought a pizza. I ate, I ate once today. I woke up at 3 p.m. <laughs> and I got a pizza. And that's all I, and I just, I just cracked a beer and I watched a show on Netflix called uh, Into the Night. Okay. It's a really cheesy sci-fi, like, it's uh, in French and Belgian. Is Belgian even a fucking uh, language? I don't know. Probably. Anyway, not. <laughs> so. It's a waffle, the, not a language. The sun, as it, as it, like, goes up, it kills people. So these people are on a plane and they have to fly west. Mm-hmm. And the sun's chasing them. And you get hit by the sun, you die. It's so cheesy, <laughs> but I was like, I fucking love this.
1: Well, it's like if vampires had a plane. Exactly. Yeah. So they have to stay in the
2: dark and you keep flying west away from the sun. It's Fuck the sun. The stupidest
1: thing ever. Fuck but. the sun. Piece of shit. Yeah. Vitamin D. All right. Stupid life-giving orb. Okay. So is it okay with you if I call this the Drunk Cast? Yeah, of course. Okay. Cause it's off the dome. This is not planned. This is gonna be a lot of editing to make it work.
2: Zero editing. This will be your biggest fucking viewed podcast of all time. It will
1: not, but I love you. <laughs> I love I love everything you represent. It will not be that, but I'm okay with that. As long as you're okay with it, it's okay. I'm happy to to be a part of it as a fan of your podcast. I thank you. Brother, I love you. We're gonna do it again, not drunk in person. All right,
2: person podcasts are way better, but yes, you're right.
1: Let's do it, brother. I love All you. All right,
2: take care, bud. Peace. Later.
0: I get closer
1: And it's from Unearth's most recent record, Extinctions. And it's fucking heavy. You know, you know. listen, if you're, if you're listening this far, you know about motherfucking Unearth. So thanks to Buzz. If you made it this far, you probably deserve some kind of metal. Um, you know, it wasn't as bad as I thought when I listened back to it. Like I said, I was like, I don't think that's going to come out. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, can't leave that in the cutting room floor, even though a few bits did. That's how it goes. Um, I don't know. Not, really, not much going on, guys. Your, your boy's overworked. I've uh, booked myself too much. I'm trying to write music and record. I have this new home studio that I can barely use. I want to practice. I want to work out. I need to work out. I need to get my my life together. It turns out I have high cholesterol. So, your boy's got to get his uh, LDLs in check in six months. All right? So, I got to get healthy. No more donuts, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, just a lot of band business and just a lot of stuff, a lot lot of stuff on my plate. So I'm trying to get back to being busy, but at the same time, I have to remember not to overwhelm myself, which I felt today, but, you know, still got to get the shit done. Got to get the X-Men fans what they want. All right. All right, y'all. Boys out. Been watching that Last Dance, Michael Jordan documentary, Bulls. Love it. See, I was going to say Mamba out, and I was just thinking, say, so I was watching the episode with with Kobe Bryant up in there. Watch that shit. Basketball fans, it's great to say, you know, if you're a basketball fan, you're watching it. You're not missing out. So check out The Last Dance. Check out some of these new albums came out. Uh, Trivium just put an album out. Havoc just put an album out. A lot of good metal out there. Um, Anyway, I'm out of here. Mamba's out.
0: One hundred point seven WMNS. It wasn't just a radio station; it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah, down! The Wrath of the Buzzard. WMMs.
2: The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P R O H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.